Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Inspiring you to bring God back into the conversation of the day. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. arrived. It is 316. It's 316. How great is that? March the 16th. I am Carmen LaBerge. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. Uh, We're going to talk with Pastor Daryl Crouch in just a moment in our series from the living word of God to living the word of God. And we're going to talk about the 316s. Yes, yes, yes. We'll do the obvious one. John 316. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. We're going to talk about what that one means. We're also going to talk about some of the other 3.16s in the Bible. So where in the word are you today? You know uh, that I have this strong conviction that before we get out there into the world that God so loves, we got to be in the word of God in order that we would be prepared, equipped, blessed, um, informed, transformed by the renewing of our minds. Otherwise, you know, frankly, it's just too easy to be conformed to this world. So uh, with people who desire to have the mind of Christ on the matters of the day and then apply the mind of Christ to the matters of the day, let's jump into some of our headlines this morning. Today is day 20 of uh, Russia's military assault on Ukraine. Day 20. Um, So today, as people stress over many things, or you are tempted to stress over many things, like forgetting to pick up the dry cleaning or failing to bring in the trash cans, maybe not the trash. I might stress over failing to bring in the trash. But, you know, um, running out of Oreos, these are not real problems. These are not real problems. So have some perspective today as... Uh, We consider together the plight and the situation of the people in Ukraine. Russia continues to assault the cities of Ukraine, including increased attacks on Kiev, targeting yesterday uh, residential buildings, including a multi-story apartment complex that was full of residents at the time. So we are nearly three weeks into a war that Russia thought would take uh, about three days. And although Russia has still not captured any of what we would consider major cities. They have captured um, certain communities and smaller cities in Ukraine, people living uh, under military siege, unable to leave. And three million people have left the country, millions more internally displaced, some 20,000 vehicles able to leave the southern port city of Mariupol yesterday after a week of failed evacuation attempts in that city. Ukrainian President um, Volodymyr Zelensky uh, Zelensky, uh, spoke yesterday virtually to the Canadian Parliament, scheduled to speak today virtually to the U.S. Congress. The President of the United States has authorized additional um, military and non-military aid. I mean, we're talking about 
billions of dollars of aid um, going to Ukraine. Um, and then yesterday, in, a, in an act that I will call um, Friends Indeed, you know, your friends are the ones who show up, right? So Friends Indeed, ministers from Poland, the Czech Republic, and Slovenia actually arrived yesterday in Kiev to meet face-to-face with President Zelensky in person. That's a Friends Indeed act right there. So uh, hats off to those guys. I, I don't know. I don't even have a hat on. But if I had a hat, I'd take it off right now for those guys. President Biden will travel to Europe next week to meet with NATO leaders in Brussels. And I think that just in the midst of all of this, uh, we're mindful that um, war rages, not only in the world, but in the human heart. And it rages in the world because it rages in the human heart. And so we'll gain uh, some eternal perspective on the things happening in the world as we consider God does have it all in the very palm of his hand. He's not surprised by the crisis that you are facing. He's not surprised by the crisis being faced in Ukraine. God's ultimate redemptive plans are not threatened by what's happening uh, in our lives nor in the lives of those halfway around the world. Even in the face of evil, evil, we are people of hope. We look forward to a day when war will be no more. Isaiah 2.4 reminds us that in the last days, they will beat their swords into plows or plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up the sword against nation, and they will never again train for war. We don't yet live in that day, but that day is surely coming in much the same way that on one day every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And until that day, we're going to be gospel-advancing people. John 3.16 shows us the way. Daryl Crouch is up next uh, on this question uh, of on this 3.16. We're going to take up some of the 316s of the Bible. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Pastor Daryl Crouch. We're in the midst of this uh, series that we like to call From the Living Word of God to Living the Word of God. Daryl, good morning on this 316. Well, good morning. How great is that? I know. How great is that, right? Um, So uh, I was thinking that um, Dan DeWitt, uh, who's up at Cedarville, um, he did this like Route 66 trip with his boys a couple of years ago. And I, I, I vaguely remember that they did like the sixth verse of each of the 66 verses of the Bible um, wow. because, you know, there was actually one of those. There's not a 316 maybe in, uh, well, I know there's not, in every um, book of the Bible because there's not even three chapters in every book of the Bible. So there you go. We're going to talk about some of the 316s of the Bible and we're leading off with Probably the most well-known uh, verse that has a 316, that's John 316. Thoughts? 
Well, first of all, I've never done an exercise like this, so I appreciate you introducing me to it. But uh, obviously, John 3.16 is beloved because it's powerful. I heard a man say one time, you know, is isn't every other verse just as powerful as John 3.16? And I think his point was that all Scripture is inspired, and that's true, but some carry weight that others do not. And we understand that in the way we read it and the significance and how it builds our theology and and uh, reveals Christ and helps us follow him. And John 3.16 carries a lot of weight. Obviously, Jesus is speaking in a way that is uh, very autobiographical. Uh, I mean, he is speaking of himself, and uh, he tells us that God's love is not simply sentimental love. It is not simply a postcard or a warm feeling or a thought. It is the it is express his love is expressed in the incarnate Christ. He loved the world in this way. I grew up saying using uh, probably the New King James Version uh, says, "For God so loved the world." Um, uh, some modern translations say, "God for God loved the world in this way." Uh, it's true that He so loved us, like He loved us a whole lot, but. I think the translation that, that gives us he loved the world in this way is um, a little more helpful in that this is what love looks like, that God gave his only son, the, the incarnate Christ, so that everyone who believes uh, can uh, will not perish but have everlasting life. Um, I can look, and Carmen, you can too, you can look anyone in the face and say to them, God loves you, and Jesus died for you, and that uh, there is hope found in his risen son. And so um, that's the power of this verse, and I think we should continue to memorize it, uh, plaster it on uh, our t-shirts or um, coffee mugs. Um, Some verses, I'm not sure how they end up in those places. It's okay. That's all good, but you understand what I'm saying. This is a this is a verse that is worth the weight that we give it. Amen. Um, I, I have unpacked this verse, you know, as you have with many, many people over the course of my life. Um, and there are, at, in different seasons of my own life, different portions of this verse that, you know, cut me to the heart um, or bless me in, in particularly new ways. Um, just the notion that God loves not only me, but the world. One of the things that I think stands out to me the older I get is how genuinely universal the, off, the offer of God is. Um, you know, it's not that, that God just loves you and me. God certainly does love you and me. And he loves me enough and you enough individually um, to have sent his son to be the savior of our souls. But he loves the world. And part of, I think, what I'm always asking God to do in me is cultivate that heart, cultivate a heart of love for the whole world, not just for those nearest and dearest to me, not just for those who look like me or think like me or live like me, but to genuinely have the Father's heart for the world. Because I got to tell you, Daryl, you know, I'm, I'm a little more focused in on mine and those, you know, nearest to me than I am focused on the whole world. We could all give that testimony, Carmen, and I think we're very attracted to people who think like us and believe like us and look like us and live like us, and our affections for them 
uh, maybe some of that is built in. It's natural, maybe, that God gives us some of that. I, I'm not sure how all that should work, but it is true that I think in our sinfulness and selfishness, we make some assumptions um, that 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 don't allow us to think that God loves our the one that is most different to us, uh, most different than us, um, just as much as he loves us. And that he loves people who disagree with us and people who uh, reject him and people who uh, don't live like um, we would want them to live. Um, some people would say, say it like this, he loves your, you know, our, our worst enemy as much as he loves us. And so to begin to think through that and, and to, to process that and what does that mean in the way that I love um, that, that world, that um, um, oftentimes the, the, the word trans, uh, world is translated as, as ethnos, all the peoples of the world. This idea of, uh, or at least the connotation is, and uh, the, that all the ethnos, all, all the different kinds of people around the world, God loves all of them. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. his son, I was given for their redemption. Amen. Amen. We're talking with Pastor Daryl Crouch. We're going to um, look at some of the less obvious 316s in the Bible next. Mary has texted in. You can do so as well. The text uh, text line is 877-933-2484. Mary says that her 316 today is from the book of Colossians. Let the message about Christ in all its richness Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. What's your 316 on this 316? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Chatting this morning with Pastor Daryl Crouch, we are talking about the Word of God. Where are you in the Word today? Encouraging you to be in the Word of God before you get out there into the world that God so loves. And how do we know that God so loves the world? Well, we got verses of Scripture that illuminate that reality. John 3.16 is one of those verses. And so on this 3.16, March the 16th, we're um, talking not only about John uh chapter 3, verse 16. Um, And yes, for those of you concerned, um, we are reading it in context. Absolutely. Um, And and then there are these other, maybe less obvious, 316s throughout the Bible. It's kind of a fun exercise to go through maybe with your kids or with somebody who's never explored uh, the 66 books of the uh, of the Bible. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to say, hey, let's look at some of the other 316s today. Mary lifted up Colossians 316. Daryl, wondering if there's another 316 um, that maybe stands out to you this morning. Yeah, I was telling Paul, First uh, John 316 is kind of a is a go-to for me. Um, we, we talked about this with my and, and with my daughter last night, and that, that this is how we come to know love. That He laid down His life for us. It's a, it's a, and, and that we should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is kind of a. It really is a, a sister passage to John 3:16, and um, I think um, gives us um, um, a visual of what love looks like for us. That this is what Jesus has done for us, and therefore this is how we love others. He so loved us in this way, 
And um, this is what it looks like for us. And so this this call to incarnational friendship and ministry, there is something powerful, Carmen, about showing up. Uh, you mentioned that earlier in your in your piece. Uh, there is something powerful about the friend who shows up. And uh, Jesus showed up. And um, love looks like um, uh, when we're present, we look a lot like Jesus to those around us. We have Kathy chiming in. Kathy says, I love Ephesians 316, mm-hmm. that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, that's one of those, um, Daryl, that starts in the middle of a, of a long sentence and ends with a comma. So uh, Ephesians 3.16 is a good opportunity for us to note that each one of these verses um, is, is in a context. It's in a context of maybe a longer sentence, certainly a longer thought, um, and then in the context of a chapter of Scripture and a particular book of the Bible, and then in the context of the Bible itself. Um, the other thing that I think is worth noting the the numbers that we're talking about. So when we say Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 or when we say 1 John 3:16 that 3 and that 16 those chapters and those verse numbers are not original um to the text. Uh and so I just think the couple of good reminders, you know, as students of scripture today that context matters and that the numbers were added later. That's exactly right. I was I thought about that earlier. Um, as the numbers were added, the translators did you know did that, and and uh, there's a lot of technical um, work that's that's done uh, by the translators in in the, the decision making. And so, uh, but certainly the, the uh, original readers of the the letter to the Ephesians in, in this case did not did not have that, and so. Uh, it was a letter. It was just like you'd pin a letter to a friend if you ever do that now. Um, and um, it's it's a personal letter. And I've one of the ways that I read some of these passages, particularly Paul's letter to Ephesians, if you look in chapter one, you'll see this as well. It's a very lengthy sentence. Um, if you can imagine a staircase, and uh, each of these verses is a step in that staircase, and it's a context. Uh, it's going somewhere. And uh, but it's an if you miss it, um, it, you know, it can be very harmful. So it's an important step. It's um, it's an important verse, but it is among others that are also equally important and is taking you to a place. And so if you can imagine the this verse uh, 16 and in, in Ephesians three is one of the one of those stair steps along the way. All right. We have um, Anne chiming in. Love, 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 1 John 3, 16. Thank you for lifting that up as a sister passage to the Gospel of John 3, 16. Uh, and then she offers up 1 Timothy 3, 16 as well. Uh, Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. It's a little uh, mini gospel there as well, a little, um, maybe a little mini version of uh, the portion of the Apostles' Creed that talks about uh, who Christ is. Like, there are, this is kind of a fun way to jump into 
scripture conversations, maybe with people who would be intimidated to, like, if I invited somebody to just, oh, sit down and read a book of the Bible with me, right? They might be totally intimidated by that. But if I said, hey, it's 316, let's jump around and look at some of the 316s. And if I was prepared in advance, right, um, then I might be, uh, I might have um, verses in mind that, um, like these, that are particularly helpful. Oh, Anne is correcting me. She wanted me to read Second Timothy 316. So while I'm looking that up, Daryl, comments? Yeah, well, both of them are great. So I think it is a great exercise, though, Carmen. I, I really do. It's new to me. But uh, as we kind of done this, uh, I did some last night and, and then this morning, uh, where you're able to see context. You're able to see uh, how how the pieces fit together. And it's an intentional way to, um, to find some passages that uh, are interesting and helpful and but more than that, the context that of what the the message of the the story of God, how God is writing His story, and it provides an overview. Sometimes, um, again, I was talking to my daughter the other night about this. Uh, sometimes when we're reading the Bible, we get so close to it that it's it's difficult, particularly in the difficult uh, passages or uh, the old some of the Old Testament books like Job or Leviticus, as we know, it can be a little tedious. If we can. Um, Almost skim them first. Uh, get an overview of those uh, books before we dive into chapter by chapter. And I think this exercise is similar to that. It allows us to skim over or see the 30,000-foot view and then allows us to, invites us to dive in closer. So I think it's a great exercise. All right, our walk-off will be Second Timothy 3.16, because indeed all Scripture is given by God's inspiration, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, and not that we're adding to Scripture here, but we're just taking note, fun to talk about with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ as we advance the gospel in these days. Daryl, as always, thank you so much for joining us. It's a joy. God bless you. You too. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. fun. Uh, So that might be something that you want to consider doing today, uh, or or if not today, you know, there's some good um, 317 verses that you could do tomorrow. I mean, right? John 316 is understood in the context of John 316 through 18. I mean, right, so there's opportunities here. If you don't have a chance to do it today, this is just a great um, a great way of approaching a scripture conversation, maybe a little bit different, maybe new, maybe uh, refreshing. Um, so there you go. Um, let's see. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. And so uh, we're going to talk to a Patrick right now from Ireland. Uh, how cool is that? I know. That's because Paul Perot is a genius. Um, so we are talking with Patrick Barrett up next. He's the author of a book called Sanctuary that is, yes, about a donkey sanctuary in Ireland, but it's also about um, the redemptive story of Patrick, Patrick Barrett. Up next, here on Mornings with Carmen.
Patrick Barrett is uh, a unique character, um, and we thought that it would be really fun since his story includes Ireland, uh, since he's Irish, and since tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day and his name is Patrick. What better time than today to talk about Sanctuary, the true story of an Irish village, a man who lost his way, and the rescue donkeys that led him home. The book is Sanctuary. The author is Patrick Barrett. Joining us now, Patrick, hello. Carmen, how are you? Well, I'm better now because you're talking to me. Greetings from a sunny Ireland here this morning, thank God. And um, thank you, Carmen, for giving me this opportunity to to talk on your show. Absolutely. Um, So talk with us about growing up on the back of a donkey. That is um, that is a unique testimony in and of itself. So take people into the setting of where you grew up um, and maybe tell us a little bit about your family. Certainly, Carmen, it was a unique experience growing up here in my small village in rural Ireland. Um, I grew up on a donkey century. My mother and father founded the donkey century in Ireland. So yeah, it was. A, I had a privileged upbringing. I um, I, I grew up with the donkeys. I had a sense of belonging with the donkeys. And um, it was very therapeutic in a way to, to grow up here. Um, very unique. And um, the donkeys taught me so much in my childhood. You know, they were, um, they were my base to go to when I, I was having problems in school and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely unique. And, um, yeah, they taught me so much, Carmen, you know. Mm. You you talk about how um, you know you can just feel accepted in the presence of a funny fuzzy uh, animal. I think we we have all experienced that. It might have been uh, with a different kind of animal other than a donkey. Few people, I think, have the experience that you have uniquely had. Um, at some point, um, you left the sanctuary, right? I mean, you know, we grow up, we move away from home. Talk with people about that part of um, of your life experience. Yeah, Carmen, it was like growing up with the animal. I just mentioned you really are in a world of the here and now, you know, that subconscious place of you're in the here and now. And probably being removed when you leave home for the first time, for me, it was with the military. And I my first time on a plane, actually, was to Beirut in Lebanon, so it was um, a, a big culture shock, landing in a conflict zone, a war zone that had been raging for many a year. And um, yeah, it was a culture shock. Um, my eyes were wide open to a new world, especially from the serene century where I was brought up here in Ireland. And uh, yeah, it changed my whole perspective on the world. Mm-hmm. And your experiences, you know, in in the reality of war, um changed you profoundly. You talk about that in the book. We're talking with Patrick Barrett. He is a co-author of the book Sanctuary. Um, and and then you came eventually back home. Um, how was the person who came back home different than the person who left? Yeah, Carmen, coming back home was very different for me. Um, I suppose after living in two war zones at that stage, I, I had served in Lebanon and Kosovo and I had come home a changed man, definitely, you know, um, my outlook on the world, my outlook on, um, on on everything, really. I had gone into my own world, um, probably with experiences abroad with the military and in a peacekeeping um, mission, you know, 
you get a viewpoint of a lot what's happening around you in a conflict zone. So my imagery was definitely different. Um, I became detached from who I truly was uh, as a young boy, you know. So um, I was lost, Carmen. Sam, so you, I, I was really lost coming home. So, yeah. So Patrick, you you talk about um, your you know your post traumatic stress. You talk about the ways in which you sought to cope with that um, through substances that altered your perception of reality. I think the words detachment. Um, I think the word detachment is a really good one. Uh, I also just recognize that you did what you had to do to survive. And then I recognize when you describe yourself as lost, um, that is a word and an experience that is ultimately universal. Um, We all at some point come to the place, that moment when we recognize um, I'm lost. I'm, I don't, I can't find my bearings. Um, I can't feel my feet on the ground. Um, I don't know even which way is up. I certainly don't know which step is the right one to take forward. Um, and and that's really where the story begins to change. So can you talk with us about the role the donkeys then played in your rescue and redemption? Yeah, Cameron, you're so right. Um, I was very lost, and alcohol, consumption of alcohol was my, my coping mechanism. You know, it, it, it medicated me, so to speak. And becoming more lost and more entrenched in destructive behavior. Um, I, 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 I hit a rock bottom, Carmen, and um, I, I couldn't, I didn't believe there was a way out. Um, as I can see today, like God was working behind the scenes always, you know, and I see today that I, I was led back home to the sanctuary because I was, you know, I had, I had to find a job and I'd come back to grassroots to the animal that I loved dearly and it, the, the rest just fell into place, you know, and so happy that it happened that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, I got a connect, I got a connection back to the here and now, back to the, to, to this tranquil serenity, you know, uh, with the animal, which kept me grounded, you know. Do so, you have a favorite, very... like, do you have a favorite donkey? Like, did you have a favorite donkey growing up, and do you have a favorite donkey now? Well, yeah. So one donkey that comes to mind is Aaron. Growing up, he he was um, he was my best friend, uh, Carmen. Like in school, I never felt I really belonged. I struggled in school. Um, I couldn't focus. So Aaron became my friend coming home. You know, um, he was basically like a friend I would share my problem with, and. I just would get lost back to the fields and back to the the land playing with him and with the rest of the donkeys. But yeah, it was just that source of um, that source of peace that kept me grounded when I was around him. And to, to add, he was very, uh, he was a character, Carmen. He, he used to, he, he was a great escape artist. He used to come open the gate to the back of our house and open the back door and he'd walk into the kitchen while we were eating <laughs> breakfast or lunch. <laughs> so <laughs> And, and uh, I have to mention Jaxie. He's he's here at the. I'm actually here at the Donkey Sanctuary while I'm speaking to you, and um, he's on top of the yard. And we had to bottle feed him when he was a foal because his mother neglected him. So he thinks I'm his father. I think Carmen. So he thinks he's a human. To be honest with you, so mm. he he he's he's great. He's a real character as well. So he is. 
he nearly talked to you, Carmen. <laughs> I love that. So people listening right now are saying to themselves, all right, I uh, I want to see Patrick and Jaxie. Let me just go ahead and say um, that there's a YouTube video of Patrick and Jaxie the donkey um, on YouTube, uh, and I have just tweeted it out. Uh, I'll put it on my other social media um, it, just in a few moments. But the Donkey Sanctuary website is something that you could certainly go and visit, the Donkey Sanctuary dot ie the donkey sanctuary dot ie we're talking with um patrick barrett about the book sanctuary and when we talk about it um the subhead is important the true story of an irish village a man who lost his way and the rescued donkeys that led him home um patrick when you uh when you think about life and the living of it, and you think about the connection that God has given you to a place, like to to land, um, to place, and then to creatures and to people. Um, I'm wondering if you can help people who are listening right now who are feeling lost or ungrounded or um, desperate. Like, how do we go about finding sanctuary? Of course, Carmen, you know, my experience, and you've mentioned God, he works through everything, animals, people. He He's revealed himself in so many places and so many forms for me when, once my eyes opened. And um, it, it, I, my eyes were closed. That's the way I'll describe it, Carmen. And the, the main thing was to believe. I... I I went down a road of where I had no belief system. I had no belief whatsoever, um, probably tainted by my experiences. But once I started believing, I started to get hope, you know. And for anyone listening there this morning and who anyone who's struggling, you know, it can be a very dark place. And something I used today, I, I had a poor self-image of who I was when I changed and when I was lost. And today I, I, I have, I, I believe I'm made in God's image, you know. And what, what, who does Patrick look like when he's made in God's image? Well, he's a totally different person. And I hope today I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling those footsteps on my journey, Carmen. You know? I love that, um, Patrick. You know, what does Patrick look like? Made in God's exactly. image. That's a different, right? When I'm standing looking at myself in the mirror and maybe my problems and the challenges I face, that's a really good question to ask myself. Exactly. And and that's it. I believe, Carmen, he he, he knew my destiny. He it, Like, he, he made me in his image and he wants me to, to come into that light, you know? And it took me a long time to grasp that, you know? And... Uh, just so privileged and blessed here today, Cameron, you know, that uh, I'm doing his work. I've been directed even this morning to wake up and ask for direction and guidances. It's just a freeing moment. There's freedom in it. And yeah, I have to pinch myself some days, Carmen. It's, mm. it's, it's truly, truly a miracle. We're talking with um, Patrick Barrett. We're talking about the book Sanctuary, the true story of an Irish village, a man who lost his way, and the rescued donkeys that led him home. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. You're listening to, Mom- to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. 
with uh, Patrick Barrett. We're talking about his life experience, his experience of redemption, his experience of sanctuary. That's the name of uh, the book that he co-authored along with Susie Flory, who some of you may know uh, her work. Patrick, I'm wondering um, if you can maybe take us into a conversation about life and death. People who grow up um, with animals on farms recognize realities that um, that people who are more separated from, um, you know, the circle of life um, don't necessarily feel and experience. And so could you take us into um, maybe that conversation? I'm I'm thinking about like, you know, when you when you arrive at the point where like Lorcan, I'm looking on your website right now at the donkey sanctuary dot I.E., and I'm reading about Lorcan, and, you know, when you arrive at that time where a decision has to be made for the welfare um, of an animal, talk, talk with us about life and death. Yeah, good question, Carmen. You know, life and death, it, it's like what you make of it, really. It's like, I suppose, my experience in in living, you know, I know this may come across strange, but we we can actually be walk, we can be alive, but feeling dead, you know. Um, with the experience growing up at the century, I, I there was cases come in where there was a judgment call for the animals that were badly treated, badly neglected, and there was no real hope. Um, you know, it was to end suffering and stuff like that. But it was um, when I look at it, Carmen. It, like life and death for me, it, 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 it can happen as we're, 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 we're living here, you know. Um, I believe, me personally, that we keep living on, that we're only living in a cocoon, Carmen, you know, and that there's eternal life going beyond. So that's my real belief. Mm. So one of the things that if you go and you visit the donkeysanctuary.ie, um, one of the things that you're going to discover is that donkeys are wildly different um, in terms of how they look. Um, and I have never seen such shaggy donkeys in all my life. But now, of course, I want to live on a donkey sanctuary um, and I want to uh, host donkeys on my land where I live and I want to come and see you at the donkey sanctuary. So um, what what would one experience if, if somebody wanted to rehome a donkey, wanted to, um, you know, they, they thought they wanted to start exploring this. First of all, we have to take two. Am I right? Because they they are very social. That's correct. They're very social, Carmen. Um, they're a hard animal. You know, they love living in a pack. Um, they have a matriarch system. You know, they, they, they follow the leader. And they're very sociable. They even integrate with other animals very well. Um, like there's known cases as donkeys keeping companionship with racehorses to keep them grounded and calm. Um, you know, so they're, they're a brilliant animal to be around. They're very stoic. You know, so they are people's perception of them is that they're stubborn and that, you know, they're they're stubborn and they can be cranky, but they're not. They're very intelligent, very intelligent animal and uh, very friendly. They make great, great pets. So they do. 
So you have me thinking now about the donkeys, um, right, in the Bible. Because one of the things, when you say, Patrick, when you say, well, you know, you know, donkeys are like this, I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't know. I am not privileged as you are to know donkeys the way you know donkeys. But I will tell you, as I look at their faces, they look very mischievous and very joyful. I am so pleased that the donkeys at the sanctuary are there. I am sad for many of the reasons that they need to be there. Um, but I'm also aware that there are people listening right now who are, you know, in a in a position to probably have donkeys and don't yet have donkeys, and I would be among them. So as a person is maybe thinking through whether or not adding donkeys, um, you know, to to the life we're living, what would you say are like, Three or four things it's really important to know about donkeys. The, the great escape artist, Carmen. That's one <laughs> thing to know. <laughs> the great escape artist. Um, you, you're right. They, 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 they are mischievous, mischievous and they, um, they, but they're a great. They're, they're very joyful to be around. You know, they're very intuitive, and um, they just have a, a therapeutic value to them. That I feel and. They're so grounding, you know, mm. and, um, you know, you mentioned like they've been referenced in the Bible how many times, you know, they carry Jesus, you know, and they carried a message. That's one thing I I used to think about when I was a young boy is that you'd see the cross on a donkey's back because every every donkey has a cross on, on its back. And it's a real symbol, you know, of, of, of belief and um, a message to be carried. So, yeah, for me personally, Cameron, I I really feel they're a divine creature, you know, and that's my personal belief. So it is. I just, um, you are precious. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for what you're doing every day. Um, Carry us with you out there today as you um, tend to the needs of the donkeys at the sanctuary. Tell them we said hello um, we certainly already love them. You guys can check out the donkey, the donkey sanctuary at thedonkeysanctuary.ie. Patrick's book is Sanctuary, the true story of an Irish village, a man who lost his way, and the rescue donkeys that led him home. Um, Patrick Barrett, co-authored with Susie Flory. Um, Patrick, what a joy. Thank you so much. And blessings on you um, on this day before St. Patrick's Day. Cameron, thank you so much, and happy St. Patrick's Day to you and all the team and all your all your listeners. Thank you, Cameron. Absolutely, thank you. What a delight. We'll be right back. So loved the whole world sent his only son to die. Okay, yes, if you organize, those of you who are texting in, if you organize the Ireland trip, I I will go. Like, that sounds so fun. (laughs) St. Patrick was a 5th century Roman British Christian bishop. I don't, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Christian bishop. Let's talk about that. Missionary in Ireland. He's the primary patron saint of Ireland. And for those of you who don't believe in patron saints, I, I understand your concern. But he happens to be a patron saint of Ireland. Um, And uh, let's see, pretty much recognized among Lutheran churches, Eastern Orthodox churches, Anglicans, 
the Roman Catholic Church. March 17th is observed as the St. Patrick's Day because it was um, supposedly the day upon which he died. The day is celebrated throughout Ireland culturally, but also around the world um, religiously. So there you go. Um, People are going to be wearing green tomorrow. And if you don't, you're going to get pinched. And I don't really know why that is, but there you go. I thought I would gather a few um, quotes from St. Patrick uh, for those of you concerned about redeeming the day from green beer. St. Patrick said, or let's say Patrick said, I am imperfect in many things. Nevertheless, I want my brethren and kinfolk to know my nature so that they may be able to perceive my soul's desire. I like this one. Before I was humiliated, I was like a stone that lies in deep mud. But he who is mighty came and in his compassion raised me up and exalted me very high and placed me on the top of the wall. Christ beside me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Patrick said, Daily I expect to be murdered or betrayed or reduced to slavery if the occasion arises, but I fear nothing because of the promise of heaven. Patrick also said, May the strength of God pilot us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the word of God direct us. Be always ours this day and forevermore. And this one as well. Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. Let that be our testimony on this Gospel Day 316. We've got another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.